Hi, this is Paul Taylor, one of the co-hosts of the Career Boosters podcast. Are you ready to supercharge your career? Introducing the Career Boosters, the podcast that'll take your professional journey to the next level. We've got the success secrets, the latest trends, and essential skills to propel your career forward. No matter where you are in your journey, we've got you covered. Your dream career is just one listen away. Let's make it happen. I would say confidence. I spent so much of my life just so unsure and almost embarrassed of my blog and my career and my education choices. And all of that stress and worrying was definitely so unneeded in the end. Hello, and welcome to the Career Boosters podcast. We have a great alumni network within the MBA program at the University of Alberta. This alumni network is working all around the world in private and public sectors from the bottom to the top of a variety of organizations. And one of our alumni is here to join us today. Taylor Doucette is a 2022 graduate of the program and has the special distinction of being one of few people doing her entire MBA completely online during COVID. Taylor also happens to work with us at the U of A in the master's program office as a program coordinator. What we love about Taylor is her energy, enthusiasm, willingness to hear new ideas and her organizational skills. Taylor also has been running her own influencer blog that she started even way before blogging was cool. When we think of a great personal brand and someone that is constantly stepping out of their comfort zone to do great things, we think of Taylor. We may even hear a little about her love of that other Taylor that might be pretty popular in media today. Taylor, we're very excited to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, I get to start with the first question, Taylor. How has your MBA impacted your career journey? I would say overall, it's just given me the confidence in my career journey. I would say coming into the MBA, I was very unsure of what I wanted my career journey to look like. I had just come out of my BCom. I was working in the master's office. I felt like there was a lot of possibilities of where I could head, but I didn't know which of those paths I wanted to take. And so doing my MBA, I was able to try out all of these different courses. I was able to do more marketing courses that I hadn't had the chance to do in my BCom. And so just being able to to listen to my peers, see what kind of careers they were interested in, see what they were doing in their life that looked really exciting. I was able to just kind of broaden my horizon, see what exactly interested me. And, you know, I think there's a lot of students that are in the exact same place who approach the MBA. And so what a really great demonstration of being in that place, looking at your career ahead of you, all of these different options. I love the word you used, possibility, all of these possibilities. And sometimes that can lead us to paralysis by analysis, right? That there's so many different options. I don't know what to choose. I'm just going to stand here. So the ability to use the MBA as a tool to help you evaluate those. And I appreciated that you pointed out marketing, that that was something that you didn't have a chance to do in your uh, undergrad. And that's really kind of where we sort of want to focus today because you've spent a lot of time building a digital brand, right? Taylor, you've got a blog and a website and you've spent the last decade creating a digital brand and marketing yourself. And that comes from having to understand yourself, which is something we've talked about for many episodes already so far is this personal journey to understand yourself. Uh, And so I'd really love to hear a bit about that brand journey and it might maybe weave into your career journey, but how have you seen it ebb and flow and develop and build? 
I would say my digital presence really first started a number of years ago when I was 16 years old. So when I was 16, I just started a blog and I didn't really know what a blog was at that time, but I just wanted to post about makeup and these fashion trends that I was loving. And so I named it When I'm Older as a way to kind of document all of these trends that I loved and that I wanted to wear once I was older and have more a means to fund my shopping obsession. This blog certainly started out as a hobby, but once I figured out that I could make money doing what I love, that's where it really all took off. This was all before the days of Instagram and influencers. And as my blog gained followers and readers, I'd reach out to all my favorite brands and companies, most of whom had never really worked with bloggers because this wasn't a huge thing at this time. And so I would learn to really pitch myself and my blog. And then I would cross my fingers, hope that a mutually beneficial collaboration would arise. And through this process, this is where I really learned how to narrow down exactly what is my personal brand and how to pitch myself in a way that showed what value I could add to everybody involved. Here we are now, 12 years later. So this blog has really changed and grown alongside me. And I found that it has really followed me virtually through every milestone in my life so far. So I think it's also interesting to kind of look back on the early days of my blog and see how it's changed and how I've changed as a person. You know, you really demonstrate this interesting chicken and egg piece. You talked about kind of a personal brand or being able to really hone in on what it is that make you special. And we often hear that people try to do that work first before they get going. Uh, and you just talked about the reverse, about finding something that you loved to do, being really interested in it, just jumping in and figuring that out along the way. And that the process, in fact, is part of what helps you narrow that down. And we watch MBA students do that. I need to have it all figured out before I rush off and apply for a job versus doing the reverse like you have just done. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your learnings along the way in that process, how you sort of developed this understand deeper understanding of self? I would say I had to really find my niche. I think as my blog grew and as I saw more influencers come on board and, and YouTube really grow, I had to find a way to kind of make myself more unique. I really had to use my voice more on my blog. So in all of my blog posts, I would use a lot more personal tone. I would try to make myself more unique. I couldn't just fall back on posting pretty pictures and things like that. I really had to add more of a personality to my writing. And that's how I kind of found my niche, I would say. That authenticity is what I've heard, right? What is authentically tailor? And then the confidence that authentically tailor is interesting and people want to follow. And how do I even further develop that voice? And so you started this, you said when you were 16. So this is, I mean, we are well before the MBA at this point, but tell me a bit about how your MBA journey has perhaps impacted or elevated this brand journey that you've been on. I remember that one of the first courses that I took in the MBA program was corporate sustainability. And I love this class. We would look at case studies of various companies that were really succeeding in their sustainability initiatives. And some of these companies, um, for example, Rocky Mountain Soap Company, were brands that I had previously worked with in collaboration on my blog. And so it was really interesting hearing more about that company, whether it be the sustainability initiatives that they're tackling or their supply chain struggles or the marketing strategies that they're utilizing. 
rather than just the benefits of the actual product, which was really all I had focused on when writing specific blog posts at that time. So I would say that after this class, it was really a pivotal moment for my blog because I realized how much more really goes into a company's products than what I was choosing to write about on my blog. After that, it became more of a focus in a number of my blog posts. If I was working with a company that had stellar sustainability initiatives or they were B Corp certified, or maybe they were trying to combat fast fashion, I would try to highlight that in my post because ultimately I would think that that should be just as important to consumers as to whether I like that actual product or not. And what do you think that added focus or that kind of shift did for your brand digitally? Yeah, I think that was also another way to set me apart from maybe other bloggers or YouTubers or influencers is that I was able to now add in a bit more, I don't want to say education behind my blog post, but I think it just gave me another angle of things to talk about. If people, if consumers were more interested in what the company was doing, or if it was doing good for their community, or the economy, I was able to talk about that. And I think that's always something, something nice. And very topical for sure within the last few years, definitely this sustainability space. And can you tie that in with this a bit bit of shift or this added dimension perhaps to to a brand that already existed? If you were to look at the, the brand and personality and authenticity that you've created, how would you describe it to someone? I still love fashion and beauty, but I would say that I go deeper in now. I would say that I look at all angles of a company. So even if they have the best products in the world, but it's fast fashion or there are products that are harmful to the environment, things like that, some things matter more than just the actual product. So I would say it's now with a deeper lens. And I would say that that's how I experience you. So you and I work together. We certainly interact Uh, on the team. And I know I have often said that one of the person's wardrobe that I am jealous of the most is, is yours, Taylor. And however, what I am jealous of isn't just some pretty clothing. I have always appreciated the depth. And I love that you use that word because I would have used the same one. The depth that comes along with the care and personality that you use in the fashion that you choose. That kind of neat segue into, you know, you and I working together, you you work in the MBA office, which means you've got a really unique lens to the MBA journey. You have been on it, through it, through COVID, no less. You have done it while having a bit of an understanding of the MBA office, and now you work in the MBA office program coordinating for the MBA. So you've seen both sides of the fence. And with that really interesting lens... Tell me a little bit about the advice that you would give to students, seeing as you've got a really rich understanding of this MBA program. Yeah, that's such a big question. I think I absolutely loved my time as an MBA student. And apart from all the studying and reading, I think I'd definitely be lying if I said that I didn't miss it and I'd want to do it all over again if I could. As far as advice for MBA students, I would say it's it's all about the extracurriculars that I want to see students get involved in. When I was a part-time student, I made sure to get as involved as possible. And still, I sometimes regret that I didn't do enough things outside of the classroom during my time in the program. And so that's why I hope as students enter the program, 
they really start to understand the importance of getting involved and joining clubs and networking and really putting themselves out there because I think that can often be just as valuable as the actual classroom experience. How does getting involved in extracurriculars and paying attention to that part of the MBA, how have you seen that differentiate students? I think it gives you the ability to talk about more things than just the actual theory that you learn in classes. You're able to get that hands-on experience and be like, oh, I learned this in class and now I actually did this on a project out in the real world. And so I think that is so important, especially when you're doing job interviews um, and trying to prove to your employer what you did actually learn in the MBA program. And I think we're back to that word depth, right? You talked about the MBA adding depth to your brand and your understanding and value of this whole other area of sustainability and the layers that that added to you and your brand. I'm hearing the exact same thing that the extracurriculars add those layers of depth that both is valuable personally for sure, but very valuable in the workplace and being able to describe to employers and such. One of the unique sort of things that we get to do as an MBA team is We get to go through some team building things uh, together. And one of those that we did recently with you and the MBA office was StrengthsFinder. And of course, that's something that we've been through. We had an episode on it. We talked about strengths, so the students go through it. So I would love to understand and then even see how it ties to your brand and, and the journey that you've been on. What did you discover are your top five Clifton strengths? Yeah, so my top five are competition is my number one then input, learner, maximizer, and positivity. And how do you see those show up kind of in any facet of your life, would you say? I think competition is one that I love and hate. I hate to think of myself as a competitive person, (laughs) but I think competition ultimately is what drives me at the end of the day. But it's not because I want to beat everybody out. I don't want to be number one. It's more so that everything I do, I want it to be the best. So when I'm working for the MBA program, I want that to be the best program in Canada. When I'm writing on my blog, I want it to be the best blog that I can possibly write. So I think it's just striving for success rather than trying to be number one. So I do see competition coming up a lot. I would also say positivity. I think I try to be a very positive person, especially when interacting with students. I bring a lot of positivity because I want them to feel positive about the program too. I want them to wake up every day and feel really excited about the classes that they're doing, about the extracurriculars that they're doing. And then lastly, learner. I think me doing the MBA program and constantly striving um, for new knowledge, I think I will always be a lifelong learner. So that one always shows up regardless. I appreciate you pointing out the kind of light and dark side of strengths. We've talked about that before in episodes and, you know, strengths that we love that also drive us and probably others crazy, this competition piece. And Paul, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pull you in here because you are very familiar with competition, Paul. (laughs) It's one that you've had some experience with. And uh, I'm really curious to know how that maybe shows up for you and and maybe if you can tie that into to your career journey as well from a light and a dark side. An interesting thing. So first of all, thank you for pulling me literally and maybe figuratively right into this <laughs> conversation. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, When I think about competition, I love how Taylor talks about it. It's like the version of success that you're looking for. And I I just, I 
you know, I resonate so wholeheartedly with that. It's not about crushing people. It's not about your foot on the neck of the opponent, anything like that. I, I love it. It's it's around, you know, having high expectations. I would even weave into that the maximizer, uh, taking something from good to great. When I think about that, Taylor, you and I share that that strength together. Uh, competition, before I had my own little identity crisis over the summertime, competition was my number one as well. Competition and maximizer, I think it's about having high expectations, but being able to meet them. And I think that when I think about what I have seen Taylor do, it is taking something that is good to something that is great. Orientation is, is a great example of that. Orientation was always really great. And Taylor helped us make it just even that much better. And it's well organized. It's um, communicative. It is uh, a place of safety for students. It's a place of information for students. And all of that is done really so, so well with Taylor being done. So um, yes, competition can be important. Yes, this maximizer can be wonderful. But you know, when I think about it for myself, it's about really just taking something that is good and adding a little flair to it, and making it great. It makes me think of Brene Brown talks about perfectionism versus healthy striving. And she talks about, you know, when you have a lens of perfectionism, which you certainly could see through the lens of, of competition, right? Trying to be perfect, trying to be better, but that when perfectionism is driving, that shame is in the passenger seat is her quote from Brene Brown versus healthy striving. And that's what I've heard you talk about, Taylor. That's what I heard you talk about, Paul, is that to do things with this realistic expectation and this desire for greatness, but from an internal desire to do something and do it well, you talked about that, Taylor, versus the perfectionism, which is usually um, the risk of judgment of others. So therefore, I must be perfect. Tell us a little bit, Taylor, about the work that you do with Emil as an alumni, but specifically in this space, I know you're working with kind of women in the MBA and women in leadership. Tell us a little bit about that work. Yeah, so that's something I'm really excited about right now. I feel like during my time in the program, everybody would always say that half the value of the MBA program comes from who you meet and the connections you make inside and out of the classroom. And during the program, I found that was very easy. However, after graduation, I personally found that it becomes just so much harder to maintain and really grow those connections and relationships. And that's why one initiative that I, along with the master's office and our student and alumni representatives have started is the Women of the MBA Network. And so this network is really designed to foster just a community of strong and passionate women who are navigating their career goals by offering guidance and support to one another. And so we've had two successful events so far, but we're hoping to have many more in the future, both targeted towards alumni as well as current students in the program. What a worthy kind of place for attention and passion and support and you talk about these connections and and goodness, we talk about that so much within the MBA, the value of connection, the value of relationship building. I'm curious through yours, can you think of a connection that you've made through your MBA journey that has kind of remained strong or been really important to you? There's so many connections. I love seeing all of the connections that I made with my classmates and seeing where those have grown out of the program and being able to follow along with their career journey. And now if I have any questions, they are such a great resource to ask because they have gone through it alongside me. So I really love those kind of connections. Another connection that I really loved making 
was with all of the professors in the program. I found when I did my BCom that I didn't really get that. I didn't have a one-on-one -on -one connection with the professors in the program, but doing my MBA, I got really close to a lot of the professors and they have just so much knowledge and advice. And, and I really loved just making relationships with them as well. And what is the authentic tailor way to make a connection? We all do it differently. We all build relationships differently and it really is tied to our brand often. How would you say you go about making those really important and impactful connections? That's such a good question. I don't know if I've ever really thought about that before. I think I just try to let my true self shine. And if somebody else feels like they're connected to that or that they're similar in personality to me, I think then it just really happens organically. I also think that I open up a lot. So usually when I meet somebody, I'm not very reserved. I usually let them know my full, full array of emotions. I let them know exactly what's on my mind. And so I, I also think that that helps people connect to me very easily. I would absolutely agree, considering you and I have really only met about 11 months ago. It's it's certainly newer for you and I that you and Paul have known each other for a really long time. And, and that is how I experienced you, Taylor. Very authentic, very open, and very easy to connect with. And it's really obvious as to why that breeds such lasting and valuable connections kind of along the way. If we look now a bit more forward, where are you hoping your digital brand is going? I would say as far as my digital brand, my blog has definitely taken its turn on the back burner right now. I feel like I spent so much of the last decade devoting every free minute, every free minute I had to the blog. And while I feel like it did definitely pay off, I think the passing of time has also made it quite apparent that my interests have drastically changed from when I was that 16 year old girl. And so as much as I still love makeup and skincare and finding my personal style, I think that's now just a small part of what I would like my overall digital brand to be. As I try to figure that out, I expect my blog to grow alongside me as my shopping habits are changing and I grow more of a focus on sustainability and clean beauty. I think that my digital brand will change to reflect that as well. So I guess the answer to your question is we will see where my digital brand is heading. It's still kind of in that transformation era, but yeah, we will see. I love that. To be continued. And I really appreciate the recognition that there is a natural ebb and flow and shift to what we're interested in, how that shows up for us. And while I still expect to experience authentic tailor throughout this whole process and wherever you're headed, kind of what that may look like from a blog perspective, or maybe even where that morphs may change and that that's okay. And not only is that okay, that's exciting. Like the possibility behind that is what I heard uh, from you, Taylor, is that who knows? And I'm excited to find out. Taylor, are you ready for a lightning round? Sure. All right. Three questions, three gut responses. First, what part of your career story gave you the biggest boost? So I know we've talked a lot about my blog in this episode, but I really do think that my blog alongside my time in the MBA program has given me the biggest boost. It taught me so much at a young age, just about networking, professionalism, marketing strategies, writing. And so I'd really like to believe that it has helped me shape me into a well-rounded individual. What's one thing you wish you had learned sooner? 
Yeah, I talked about this earlier, but I would say confidence. I spent so much of my life just so unsure and almost embarrassed of my blog and my career and my education choices. And all of that stress and worrying was definitely so unneeded in the end. So I would say just confidence. And so as career coaches and just as humans, Paul and I really focus on service. It's so important to us. So we're always really curious to hear how service is going to show up for you this week. Yeah, well, I know that as we head into the end of November and the beginning of December, that means the students in the MBA program are fully feeling the pressures of final exams and final projects and papers. And so to help relieve that stress just a little, that is where I like to step in. So we're going to be bringing in some certified wellness dogs at the end of November to provide that well-needed stress relief, as well as some yummy desserts. So dogs and desserts, what could be better? Uh, nothing truly. And I feel like I am going to take advantage of that too, even though I'm not in this perhaps student stressed place. I'm, I'm all for dogs and donuts. I am going to add two more questions to this, to this little podcast, Taylor. Uh, the first, and I hinted towards this in the opening that I was hoping that Taylor would talk a little bit about the other Taylor that is in media today. I would love to hear from you, Taylor. Where do you think our friend Taylor Swift is going to go in the entertainment world? Oh my goodness. I mean, she's already at the top of everything that she could possibly be at. She is succeeding in every aspect possible. But, you know, I would just love to see total world domination by Taylor Swift. Like, why stop at entertainment? I think she could become the president. I think she could just do anything that she sets her mind to. What a fantastic answer, Taylor. What a fantastic answer. Uh, the last question that I had. I had the pleasure of interviewing Taylor Doucette a long, long time ago. Maybe seven years. What is it? Seven years ago? Five years ago. Five years ago. Close. Five, time just goes by that quickly. What was your fondest memory of interviewing with myself and Mike, the associate dean? Fondest memory? Ooh, that was a scary interview. I remember that everybody would just stare at me as I was answering the questions and I would get no smiles. Like nobody was showing me any kind of sign if I was answering the questions correctly. But I would say that the questions you asked me were very, very interesting. So maybe that would be my fondest memory. It was just the types of questions you asked me. Awesome. Thank you, Taylor, for uh, enlightening us into the world of total domination for Taylor Swift. And uh, we really appreciate it. I'll let Tiffany now wrap up the show. No, I think there should be a like ongoing part of the show. Random questions from Paul at the end of the lightning round and see where that takes us uh, to, you know, Taylor Swift for president. So why not? I feel like that's appropriate. Taylor, thank you so very much. You were the very first alumni that we thought of when we wanted to do an alumni spotlight. There literally was no contest. It was we need to chat with Taylor. And not only from a MBA student and working in the master's office, but just this wisdom around brand development and personal brand and what a journey from 16-year-old you to <clears throat> something-year-old you now. Uh, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you for inspiring others, uh, both in your personal life, in your professional life, and here on this podcast. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you both. We want to thank Taylor for coming on our podcast today. It takes courage to do something you've never done before. 
Taylor's never been on a podcast before. When I went and asked her, would you like to be on the podcast? It was a resounding yes. Which leads me right to the three key takeaways. Three words come to mind. Possibilities, depth, and confidence. The first key takeaway, possibilities. You never know what you're going to learn. Taylor even talked about it as part of her strengths. She has a learner. She wants to continue to learn, continue to grow, continue to step and put herself in uncomfortable positions that she can learn and grow as an individual, which helps her brand learn and grow. Depth. We are continually building layers to our brand. We are continually building layers to who we are as individuals. As we continue to do that, we need to take care of ourselves. But we also need to be very reflective through that depth journey that we're trying to make for ourselves. If you look at the possibilities, try new things, you start to add and gain layers of understanding. You start to increase your depth of understanding of things, which will all lead to confidence. Our third key takeaway. Taylor said in the lightning round, she wished she would have learned how to be a little bit more confident early on. I would agree myself. I wish I would have learned to be more confident. I think we could all kind of resonate with that. But I think what Taylor is starting to understand is that she can be a confident business professional that can add tons of value. If we look at the possibilities, if we increase our depth of understanding and depth of knowledge and look at helping ourselves be more confident in ourselves, we're off to the races. Thanks for tuning in to the Career Boosters podcast. Looking for more insights to elevate your professional, personal, and career growth? We've got the boost you need. Join myself and Paul next time for more actionable advice and real-world stories. And remember, subscribe wherever you enjoy podcasts, ensuring you catch every tip and tactic to boost your career journey. See you next time.